Welcome to this Arts and Heritage podcast hosted by Kiki Claxton, who discusses the National Trust Crooms Commission What is Home, with artist Kasif Nadim Chowdhury and Crooms Creative Partnership Manager Rachel Sharp. Rachel and Nadim talk about placing communities at the heart of Crooms' programme and reflect on the processes and outcomes of the project both as artist and curator. What is Home is an artwork collating meaningful and personal objects related to the former ex-pupils' experience of the site as their home when Croom was a boys' school, as well as young people currently in the care system and their reflections of home. The artwork uses textiles and fabrics to contextualise their stories and their memories. I'd like to introduce uh, Rachel Sharp from Croom and uh, Kasif Nadine Chowdhury, who've been working on this project, What is Home, for a number of years now, which is currently in situ at Croom, due to come down in 2021. And it would be great, Rachel, if you could possibly give us a short introduction to Croom and the kind of history of the project. Of course. So Croom National Trust is in a small town in Worcestershire. It's a beautiful property, an incredible landscape. It's the first landscape of Capability Brown and the first design of Robert Adam. And what is home focused on a story over 30 years in Croom's history, from 1948 to 1978, when Croom was St Joseph's residential Catholic school for boys. And as you rightfully said, Kiki, this project was a number of years in the making. And importantly, the work was built on incredible relationships that Alice Padley and Michael Smith made with ex-pupils that were coming back and visiting the site because it had been their home for many years. And conversations happened and a fascinating history, which was lesser known on the site, started to be realised. So these amazing men who had lived at Croom um, had lived there. Some of them had been removed from their families. Some of them had been sent there by their families as a school. And actually, the boys had come from all over the Commonwealth and their stories were as diverse as their backgrounds were for some of those men, their time at Croom was the best time they had. Their time at St Joseph's School was the best time they had. And for some of those, it was a painful time. And it was important as we got to know the ex-pupils and their stories to find a respectful platform, which was their platform to tell their history of Croom, which is as important as any other history. And that's something that is very much around the ethos of Croom, isn't it? Could you explain a little bit more around how you develop your projects and why these projects or ways of working come to the surface? Absolutely. So the ethos of Croom is about working with people to tell Croom stories. It's an incredible place. It's had an amazing history. It was the seat of the Coventries. Then it was St Joseph's School for Boys. Then it was the centre, the international centre of consciousness for the Harry Krishnas for I think seven or eight years. Then it was a hotel. Then it was someone's home. It's had an amazing history. So how we worked, and actually we we began to work on a project called Croom Redefine, which was funded by the uh, National Heritage Lottery Fund. And the ethos was working with people to bring Croom stories to life. But importantly, central to the way we work was finding ways to work with 
lots of different communities and those communities were at the centre of the work we did, working with artists and mentors to bring our stories to life in a very different way for a very different diverse audience. And artist specifically is something rooted within the spirit of place, isn't it? And how a lot of your projects that you develop is around that relationship between artist and community or artist and participants yeah. around that story. Absolutely. So um, Robert Adam, in a lot of ways, the Sixth Earl of Coventry, uh, mentored Capability Brown. It was their first commission. So out of that idea came the, I suppose it's Croom's organising idea, which is around working with new talent and artists and mentors, really to define a new way of communicating with audiences about historic stories. And Nadine, from your perspective as an artist, was there a particular aspect that you were interested in or what was that approach between your relationship to the site and your practice or even that approach to yourself as an artist? Um, I think the really exciting thing about Croom for me is the fact that the house is empty. There's very little there. So it means that you can fill it with your imagination, basically. As a visitor, it's really, you know, one of the things that I always think about when I go into stately homes is what would it, what would it be like to live here? And the really amazing thing about this story is the fact that we had people, we had ex-residents who actually had lived in the house themselves. So it was about repopulating the house with objects that they chose, which for them represented home. And that's a really beautiful, poetic thing, I think, because it tells a story of people that you wouldn't necessarily get to hear the story of. In a similar way, working with... um, children and young adults in the care system as well, running workshops with both of those different groups. It was an opportunity for their kind of objects. And it was a real privilege to hear the stories which were related to these objects, but those became the treasure of Croom, which is very different to the kind of conventional, you know, rich objects that families living there would have had in the house in the first place. So that was quite a unique thing about the project. And how did those different aspects come together in terms of that mediation? So there's there's three areas, aren't there? There's that element of Croom's history, we've got the participant story, and then you as the artist kind of bringing those stories together. So how did that, how did that work? And Rachel, how did you support that process? We knew we got this incredible history and these amazing men that were coming back every year throughout the year, but also to a boys' school reunion where they all met and spoke about their time at Croom. And rightfully, they were asking, well, where's our story? When are you going to be telling our story? And as part of the project, we knew this story would take a long time to develop. We actually had to create new ways of working through other projects to get to that point. So projects such as Adam Speaks, working with over 200 members of the community to create a treehouse in the middle of our landscape. Potter and Ponder working with children who had learning disabilities and health challenges. So finding very different ways to work with people to ensure that their story was central to what we were creating. So with the boys' school story, we began by talking about lots of different things, but the real defining feature that kept coming out of conversations was that Croom had been a home to these young men who were now in their, you know, 50s, 60s and 70s. And for some that had been a happy home, for some that had been an unhappy home. But what was important was that was the common denominator. And also the story of care is universal. It didn't stop in the 70s. It's ongoing. So the idea was to create a project whereby which we asked people who home means more to them in a lot of respects, people who've had home removed from them, to ask them, what is home? 
And that's how the idea started. And when we started to talk about what is home, what came out really strongly was participants talking about objects, things that reminded them of home. And these objects weren't really expensive treasures. They were more important than that. They were irreplaceable. They were priceless. They were the football medal that you won when you were seven years old. They were a colouring that you'd done with your grandma. They were a dog's lead that reminded you of your dog. They were all these objects that we all have. And that's where Nadine came in. Yeah. And Nadine, did some of those aspects that Rachel talked about around home or some of the kind of choices that you made within the medium that you wanted to work within, was that representative of your practice that you were already developing or is that a new departure for you? I think it was a combination of both. I think definitely what I what I had to do was in the workshops that we ran, most of the boys that I do are based around making. People make something, whether it's a, something related to what I make or in response to an exhibition. But in this instance, what I had to do was basically find a way of getting people to think broadly about what home could be. The end product of the workshops was always going to be either one or several objects that we could use as part of the exhibition, something physical. But I wanted them to think as broadly as possible about what that, you know, what what those things could be. So in that respect, it was a very new way of working because it wasn't based around the idea of making. However, I had to then somehow frame these objects in an exhibition because there were two rooms. So there's an exhibition room and then there's a second contextualisation space. But it was always framing them in a way so that the objects took centre stage, essentially. But the language that I used, the kind of... I made a cabinet which was based around Islamic art and Islamic art very much is an influence of my work. So it's something that I've used quite a lot. I come from an Islamic background. Um, so in that respect, there were, there were similar elements that I've used in previous exhibitions, but the whole of this exhibition was a completely new departure for me, I would say, definitely. I created a kind of cabinet um, which contained, I think we had something like 90 plus objects in the room. We also had the stories of some of the objects which were written in vinyl on the wall and we worked with the writer William Gallagher and that was the first room. The second space was more of a contextualisation space. We also worked with a filmmaker to make a documentary of the process, which was showed in that room. Um, and we also had several indigenous objects, which were part of the house's history when it was a St. Joseph's school. So we had these two different spaces. And I guess the thing that linked them both in terms of my practice was the use of colour. So I made a lot of plinths, which were very brightly colourful. There was a lovely seating area. I used a kind of pattern which was used to make the cabinet, which was also brought through into the second room as well. And within the cabinet itself, we had a series of plinths which were all covered in colourful fabrics that held all of the objects. So I guess it, that was my kind of... That's what I brought in into the exhibition, if you like. Because material to you is incredibly important for your practice, isn't it? Those kind of textural uh, elements of the show, both in terms of those plinths and the cushioning for some of those indigenous objects but also the objects coming in as from the participants that kind of draping and referring that back to kind of those historical contexts as well which that was a really interesting aspect to, to the exhibition. Yeah I mean the, the I used a kind of quilting technique like you say and I used satin which is a very rich luxurious fabric and both of those things would have been seen in a house like that so I wanted to bring in that element of luxury as well. Obviously we were on a budget so it couldn't have been the most luxurious but you know there was still that element of bling that I wanted to bring into it and I think probably what I brought as well was colour. I like a lot of colour in my work and I think that you know that's that, that was me coming into the, into the exhibition I guess. And this sounds like this whole process for it to be 
done and I want to say to be done well it takes a lot of time it'd be great to hear a little bit more about how you brought people with you on this journey as I think the subject matter in itself is one that heritage sites often may not bring to the surface and you talked about that at the beginning Rachel with some of those individuals um, connections to the site itself and how um, some of those can be quite complex that actually it's not all playing football on the green could you talk that that process through a little bit more of course so we we were led by our participants and that's really important this is a way of working that puts people's needs and feelings first when when you're giving someone the gift of your history it's a really really important and it's quite scary as a gift to take hold of in that you want to make sure that you do that history justice And that's about telling all elements of that story that people want to give. So we were very clear at the start of the process and we worked as a very close team. And there was the wider team on property as well that we drew into the project. And we reached out to a number of mentors to support us. So Jane Ahmed from Chatback Productions, also and Julie Manuin from the 9-11 Memorial Museum in New York to support us around how you tell people stories and how you tell that story in an honest and respectful way. So we were very much led by our participants, but also that means that you have to make space for that voice. And I think the National Trust was really brave and moved with us. And that was about having lots of conversations with people on property, regionally, centrally, nationally, to make sure that everyone was aware, everyone could support, and that everyone could learn something new in the process. There was a lot of new learning. And that was around how you tell a story and how you bring people with you on that story to make sure that you continue doing this work. There's a danger here that when you start and you start to tell people stories that you might stop and you shouldn't because once you've opened that process, you need to continue. And what was fascinating about Nadim, it really made me smile when he said, oh, what I brought to the process. There's a lot more that Nadim brought to the process. And one of the most important things was that generosity of spirit that Nadim was able to completely put himself behind those participants. And those workshops with the ex-pupils and with the children currently living in care were absolutely beautiful. If I had to tell you the one sound I remember more than anything, it was laughter and it was real joy. And I remember Nadim took us through a process where he said, what does home smell like? What does home look like? All these really fun activities that a group of people who you may think would be bringing some very difficult stories brought their stories in a way that were joyous, that were generous, that were honest. And that was all about the way in which Nadim positioned himself around those participants. Sounds incredible. And Nadim, do you have any further thoughts from the artist's perspective on what Rachel just said and how you're able to keep your identity within it? Thank you, Rachel. Firstly, that was really lovely to hear that. Um, Completely true. I was I was genuinely <laughs> quite nervous working with those two different groups, like the you know the ex pupils 
and also children and young adults in the care system because in terms of home they they are at the acute end of that scale um, and they're considered to be vulnerable so one of the things that I, I realized that I had to do was to not set an example but I brought in a series of objects and I think we asked all of the kind of the volunteers and the, the, the kind of staff that were working as well to also bring in objects which for us we could talk about what for us represented home um, and I, I remember talking a lot about uh, an image of my my mum's family when she was in Pakistan but I also talked about especially with the ex-residents I talked about periods of depression in my life where I kind of feel unhomed and different ways in which through you know mental health I've been able to come back to myself so it was about making myself vulnerable in some way so that they felt like they could also be vulnerable or it was an okay space to be vulnerable in because they were going to be held before we did the workshops also there was a lot of information around safeguarding because of because of the types of people we were working with and I've never had that with any other exhibition before so that also made me quite nervous if I'm you know if I'm honest but then that's also the the beauty of this exhibition is the fact that hearing these stories and seeing the objects that people gave some of which i mean we've got a, you know a, an old box of fried chicken basically the stories behind them are really poignant and beautiful and that's that's at the heart of this exhibition i think what i'd also talk about as well is the fear not the fear but the nervousness of working with an organization like the national trust because it is a national organization there were quite a few different limitations, for example, working in a heritage space, thinking about the fabric of the building, thinking about what could come into the building, i.e. what kinds of materials could and couldn't come in, um, limitations around how any anything made in that, in that space could be fixed, where it could be fixed, how it could be fixed, what could be used to fix it. So there were lots of different limitations to also deal with as well. The fact that it wasn't invigilated as well had a huge impact on what the work was. But I think that the end result was something that's that's worked quite well and it's been quite an interesting journey. Just to pick up on what Nadine was saying there, so from the perspective of the property, it's had an incredible impact on how we tell our stories. And it's really interesting. It's a very thoughtful space as you go into the space and it's a very generous space. But people that are in there, it's quite people are quite quiet and there's a lot of reflection in the room. One of the things that we said from the very start that had to, had to be part of the process was some way for the audience to feed back. And Nadim created this amazing, uh, we used to call it the reflection pool, didn't we? I, I, I don't think it's, it's not a pool. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's a concave blue form, almost like a wishing well, if you like. Um, and that's also padded with um, blue satin fabric. Um, so we had um, so go on luggage labels that people could throw in. So yes, and the response from the audience has been just beautiful. We have thousands of luggage tags, thousands. It's beautiful. So they go from one word, which we ask the question, "What is home?" And the audience go through the exhibition and then answer what home is to them. And my favourite luggage tag is just one word, and it says, "What is home?" And it says, "Wi-Fi," and it really makes me smile, particularly into today's world that wi-fi is everything but there's also some luggage tags there that are really poignant and talk about people feeling they have never felt at home there are also luggage tags there where people talk about important people in their lives that are no longer here or they talk about their hopes and dreams their home in the future but you can tell from the very human very honest responses from the audience 
that the exhibition has really touched them. Mm. Would you mind talking through that process of working with writer William Gallagher and how that played out and specifically you, Nadine, being the lead artist and how that relationship worked and why that was a key element of the programme and of the piece? So to start with, we've been working with writers on a number of projects and really seen how that brought a different edge to the project. And we knew that telling these stories was going to be, that was going to be challenging, what words we use and how we use those words. So I met William and we had a conversation about the project. And then William and Nadine met and you could tell straight away they hit it off. And that was really important that everyone in the project was supportive, people were generous, they wanted to use their art form to put the participants first so William had a really tough job I'm not saying Nadim's wasn't Nadim's was really tough but William interviewed each of the participants and then he had to tell their story in one or two sentences which was incredibly challenging yeah I think um I agree that William also felt like the participant stories were at the heart of his exhibition, basically. Um, and I think without having William there, we would have had just a selection of objects, which it, it would have been difficult to know what they meant. And it was the stories behind the objects which were really important, which is why William... I mean, I might have been called a lead artist, but I think we were both working on it equally, really, because his quotes really bring the, bring those stories to life on the wall. Mm. Just thinking about that parameter of working within a heritage site, um, how does that differ, and it's probably more geared towards you, Nadim, how does that differ from other spaces that you've worked within? And have you taken away specific things within your practice since working in a heritage site? So I guess what I was saying before about the actual structure of a building, working in a space which is very old and the limitations and what that brings, the idea of working also with an organisation which is a national organisation and thinking about how... I don't know. I mean, in this instance, it was different because it was very much the participants who were at the heart of the exhibition. So it wasn't necessarily me going in with my own idea and thinking about what I wanted to create. So therefore, it wasn't like me going into a white cube space and saying, I want to drill holes in the wall or I want to have naked bodies or et cetera, et cetera. There wasn't anything that I was doing specifically, which I think would have caused offence to the National Trust. However, I imagine if there was a project like that, then working with a national organisation, I think it would have been a lot more difficult. What's beautiful about what is home is that I think everyone has an idea of what a National Trust property is. And I think the idea of the National Trust is at the moment up for question and up for debate. What it stands for, what it represents, who it represents. What's interesting about the idea of home as well is that it changes over time. Our our sense of home changes over time. There's movement in that. And in terms of the exhibition, that was represented by... I made. I worked with another um, artist called Martin Smith and we made these balances. So there are two of the plinths that move up and down and they represent home as something which moves. And for, for those of us who are slightly older, I guess, we were lucky enough to live in different places. So, you know, home changes in that respect. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the National Trust, the idea of these historical properties, they also move and they also change as well. And those stories also need to be told too. So yeah. I think it's really interesting bringing in different people from different backgrounds with different stories and what light they shed on National Trust properties. And that's the beauty of this project is that we had 90 odd objects, but we worked with what, maybe 50 people, 60 people in the workshops, all telling their stories and all populating that house with their stories. And that's, you know, that's quite a unique thing. And I think that's a really powerful thing, isn't it? That contemporary relevance of history, but in society today and how projects like this are able to traverse those different time periods. And actually there's a need to do that, to make history relevant today. 
Rachel, do you have any other thoughts about that from working within the heritage organisation and specifically at Croom? I think audiences are changing all the time. And if a property, if a place, if a story isn't relevant, there's too much noise in the world. You will go to something that is relevant to you. And people need to see themselves represented in these spaces to form a connection, to form a long lasting connection to a place that that does belong to them. The National Trust is for everyone forever. So particularly people who haven't been brought up going to National Trust properties. I never went to National Trust properties when I was little or when I was older. There is always an entrance point to becoming part of something. And by working with participants and by telling these stories in a very different way, we are hoping to reach out to new audiences to provide greater and greater relevance as we move forward. And do you think that's one of the biggest impacts from this project? Um, And what other impacts have there been? Um, I think there's been many impacts. It is it is a beautiful exhibition. It's breathtaking when you see it. It's got a real ethereal sense to it. And then when you look deeper into it, it's it's the way that Nadim has really raised the bar when it comes to people's own stories. And I just want to go back to one of the objects that Nadim mentioned. Now, none of us are meant to have favourite objects. That was something we promised we wouldn't, but we all have favourite objects. And the object that Nadim referred to when he talked about the fried chicken box, that object is so moving. It's such an ordinary piece. But when you read about the story, so this was one of our young people who bought in and this person walked into a workshop and they were still eating the chicken as they walked in. And um, they said, oh, you know, this is my object. I said, oh, great. How's it your object? And their answer was, before I came into care and I was really scared and life was really scary, I would save up enough money to go and sit in my local restaurant and the time it took me to eat this chicken was the time that I knew I was safe and I don't think there was a dry eye in the house I think we all broke a little bit in that moment but it was about the generosity of someone's story and sharing that so actually that object looks ordinary but it's completely extraordinary. Incredibly incredibly powerful And I think this relates back to that process being key to talk around these subject areas. And Nadine, what has been the lasting impact for you as an artist and your practice? And what are the key things that you'll take away from this piece of work? So this project came to me, I think, off the back of another project I did at the Turner Contemporary in Margate, where I worked with the studio group who were 19 local people. And I worked with them for about a year and a half as well. And together we kind of collaborated on a large sculptural installation And I think what was really interesting about that project was working out where I stood in relation to those people in terms of being the lead artist, what that actually means. If you're collaborating with people, you know, how much do you give, how much do you take, et cetera, et cetera. I think this project has just been, it was basically an exercise in kind of holding people in some respects, allowing them to kind of express themselves as fully as possible, but also to think about how what it meant to them could be represented in objects. We needed to have objects at the end of the day. So it was basically about, I don't know, telling people to think about the sky and to be as broad as possible, but then to bring it down to something that we could use in the exhibition. One of the things I remember saying was I felt that home 
could also be something secret, could be something you don't want to tell us. And if you wanted, maybe you could get a container and whisper into it your idea of home, close it and then just give it to us. We don't need to know what it is, but we do need to have something we can put in the exhibition. So it was about trying to broaden people's minds as much as possible. And I think that's probably the thing I will take away is it's a different way of working with people that I've not done before. Yeah, so that that's, that's something. For me, it was a huge opportunity for us all to grow. And we became a very tight-knit group. And I think we had to do that in order to find the best ways to tell this story. But for me, it really taught me a lesson that in whatever role you're in, you have to step up and be brave and you have to step back to allow other voices in. And that that's actually quite a scary process. And you have to work you have to work consistently and honestly and move people forward with you to enable that to happen. Amazing. I think the sector can really learn from this project and I think to show the power, because it sounds quite um, cliche, but the power of people. And if you give those spaces and voices the right platform and space to be able to feel comfortable and to know that they genuinely have a voice will enable us to do the work that heritage sites and art and those two spaces coming together should and can allow itself to do. So at the beginning, I know I talked about um, the fact that the artwork is still in situ and I think is planning to be in situ until July 2021. And so what are next steps for you? Uh, will the relationship continue? How are you guys wanting to develop? We are going to make the relationship continue. <laughs> Nadim can't get rid of us, even if he wants to. Absolutely. Um, Nadim is a rare, generous breed. And I think this is just the start of the story. I think the thing for me is what I love about Croom is the fact that it is empty, that you can populate it with your imagination, like I said before, and that I've got so many ideas of what I'd like to do. And I just, the, the team are fantastic. So I don't, I, I don't, I want to be the artist in residence there forever, as long as possible anyway. Brilliant. We well, love that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Rachel and the Dean. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this Arts and Heritage podcast. You've been listening to artist Kasif Nadim Chowdhury and National Trust Croom's Creative Partnership Manager, Rachel Sharp. What is Home is delivered by the National Trust as part of Trust New Art, the National Trust programme of contemporary arts in partnership with Green Fingers Project, part of Worcestershire County Council's Children, Families and Communities Directorate and Chatback Productions. The creation of the artwork is supported with public funding from Arts Council England, the National Lottery Heritage Fund and a donation from the Tony Brooks Legacy Fund. This episode was hosted and produced by Kiki Claxton and Tim O'Donoghue. For more information, sign up to our newsletter at artsandheritage.org.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>